Welcome to episode 141 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church, for Christ Church, and for all who would care to listen in. Uh, my name is John Payne. I'm the senior minister of Christ Church Presbyterian, and I'm here with my uh, good friend and co-host, Dr. Gabriel Williams. Good to see you, Gabe. It's good seeing you again. We have a wonderful topic uh, today because mm-hmm. this week... We, as a church, are celebrating our 10th anniversary. That's right. So hard to believe that uh, (laughs) here we are after all these years, and in some ways feels like we just started Mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, Gabe, tell our listeners when you started visiting the church, uh, along with your family. Let's see. My memory is that I began visiting sometime around December of 2013. So that means we are about, well, nine and a half years or so associated with the church plant. Wow. So you're really one of the uh, founding members. (laughs) Uh, Were you there for the, the, I guess you would be there for the signing of the founding members of Christ Church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's so exciting. Um, uh, Yeah. So here we are um, at 10 years. And I thought it would be fun just to to kind of talk about... you know, Christ Church and our, our history and, and kind of where we've come from. Sure. One of the things that I remember distinctly when I came in was uh, this was when the uh, previous associate minister, Ross Hodges, was here. I came into, uh, I guess, Moultrie Middle School, <laughs> basically, at this point. And we were looking for a church, you know, because we had just moved to Charleston about six months prior to that point. So, around July 2013. And one of the things I just remembered was that uh, after looking for a number of churches, uh, Christ Church was, I think, the only church that had a formal set liturgy. That was <laughs> actually something that you can uh, kind of set your watch to, and that it was uh, very much focused upon what we had, um, and my wife and I had developed the convictions for uh, shortly before we came uh, to the Charleston area. But just kind of in terms of, say, the background, so I was here six months uh, after the church plan started, so what were the kind of the basic origins of uh, Christ Church? Yeah, uh, thanks, Gabe. Um, so back in 2012, uh, actually it was at, a, at one of the first GRN gatherings mm-hmm. back in 2012, it was in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. That's the Gospel Reformation Network, of course, if our listeners aren't familiar with the GRN. and. We uh, were at this conference, and a friend of mine, um, Rick Phillips, who's the pastor of Second Presbyterian Church in Greenville, South Carolina, and of course, uh, Mel Duncan, who's a very, very old friend, Mm -hmm. works there uh, as well at the church, and they uh, came to me, Rick came to me, and then Mel later, and said, we think uh, that you need to go plant a church in Charleston, South Carolina, (laughs) and I sort of looked over my shoulder, and I said, you talking to me? (laughs) Uh, at the time, I was uh, 41 years old, uh, and uh, the church I'd been in, I w- I'd been in for nine years, and uh, mm-hmm. a wonderful church, wonderful leadership, uh, things were going so well, and we had just built a new building a couple of years mm-hmm. prior to that, and and so it just was sort of outside the box for me to think about scratch mm-hmm. planting a, a church, because you know some will ask us, Gabe, you know, which church planted you, and uh, mm-hmm. the answer is really about a dozen churches planted us. Okay. Uh, we had support from about a dozen churches around, particularly the Southeast, and then several individual supporters as well who were praying for us and giving towards the work. But it wasn't your sort of, let's take you know 10 families from a church and start another okay. church idea. That, that wasn't that at all. We, we came uh, hopeful, 
mm-hmm. that uh, we would have a niche in the area to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to establish a conscientiously reformed and confessional Presbyterian church here uh, in the Charleston Low Country. And, and so we, uh, we set up uh, and we'll actually back up. So I, I prayed about it, I talked to some people, got some counsel, and it seemed like perhaps this is what we needed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Marla and I uh, have always loved the area. She lived here for eight years, mm-hmm. uh, went to College of Charleston, and then went to MUSC for physical therapy school. I played soccer here for the Charleston Battery, and then we met here during that period mm-hmm. uh, in 1997 uh, okay. at church. Uh, so it's a very special area for us, um, and we always wondered if perhaps it, there might be a day where we could minister there, but here, I should say, but um, but we, we didn't see any real pathway for that, but but then this situation came up, and mm-hmm. by the grace of God, all the, the the support came in. There was a lot of encouragement, and so in 2013, uh, in the spring, uh, we moved uh, mm-hmm. to this area, and uh, had a couple of informational meetings, and then we just started with a worship service. Uh, our first okay. worship service was the first Sunday in June in 2013, which is what okay. we're coming up upon here uh, this okay. week. Very good. So, kind of a kind of a follow up question uh, to that. Just thinking in terms of being a, a church plant in Charleston, um, what are some of your, uh, I guess, memories of those very first like two or three years in terms of transitioning from Douglasville and coming uh, to Charleston? Yeah, church planting is is its own animal. You know, <laughs> I mean, on on one hand, a church planter is a pastor mm-hmm. who is called to preach and to teach and to disciple and to shepherd and and to evangelize and and so on, on that in that sense, a church planter is to be like any other pastor, but. There's a, a kind of an entrepreneurial side that, mm-hmm. that one doesn't totally get until you, you land. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a paratrooper. You jump out of the plane, you th- you've got all your plans, you've been in the yeah. classroom, but um, then when you get into enemy territory and, and you, you land, all of a sudden things are different mm-hmm. and uh, it's not quite what you expected. And, mm-hmm. and so while a blessing, uh, just a... a a tremendous amount of work, uh, a lot of details. Of course, you're kind of like a part-time real estate agent as you're always <laughs> looking for, for property for your church to end up in. And mm-hmm. uh, and so we actually, uh, through a series of wonderful prov- providences, uh, we began worshiping that first summer at First Scott's Presbyterian Church, oh, okay. which some of our listeners, listeners will know mm-hmm. uh, is a historic, it's the first Presbyterian Church of, of Charleston and mm-hmm. established in 1731. Uh, and, and so that church, though a, a mainline PCUSA church, they were so kind to give us space in their chapel to worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of friends came to that first service. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm talking of, about friends of the church plant, supporters, that kind of a thing. And we had uh, close to 200 people show up for that first service. Oh, wow. Now, you know, we ended up sort of shaking out to about 80 or so when we started meeting weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those that came in were, were, were visitors. People came in from town. People were checking us out, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, and so we had worship there for three months. And then we had worship in the uh, Lutheran Church on Hazel Street, St. Johannes, Mm -hmm. uh, where we had a lot of our Christmas services Mm -hmm. uh, in the the years after that. 
and we were there for two two months and just having just having evening worship in both mm-hmm. of those uh churches uh, so we had evening worship at first scott's we had evening worship at the lutheran church um on hazel street downtown and then we realized because of the growth we were seeing that we really need to go out and establish ourselves for morning and evening worship which was mm-hmm. always the plan always the plan from the yeah. outset anybody thinking about planting a church you really need to, to plan it with morning and evening worship at the very outset uh, because it's hard to add later mm. if you if you don't add it right away. We added it as our first service, actually, <laughs> uh, and then went to morning and evening later. Okay. Uh, and, and so we did that, and then we went on to, to Moultrie. You mentioned Moultrie mm-hmm. Middle School, where um, it's a great location, great space for us. Uh, we were there for over five years. That's right. And, uh, of course, lots of setup, uh, <laughs> nurseries under the, uh, mm-hmm. the stairwell. Under the stairway, yeah. yeah. I remember having the, me and a couple of the other guys bringing out the banners. We had huge banners that we had to stick into the ground every morning service and, you know, make sure it doesn't get stolen <laughs> on the road. <laughs> and then, you know, break it down. And then I remember the, the nursery where we had just the huge, chaotic collection of boxes of toys. And you get like four guys like, okay, well, this is, this is what we do every week now. So we gather all the toys together. We get all these moving parts. And we just get a system going. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of those spaces we were in were classrooms. That's right. And so there'd be some sometimes difficulties with the teachers because <laughs> mm-hmm. certain things were moved around. Yeah. And, but all in all, they were so hospitable to us. That's right. uh, they hosted us really well. We did some things in the school for the teachers, you know, brought donuts and yeah. juice. And it's important to, to, to say this uh, because um, – uh, this man was so uh, integral to this work, uh, was Ross Hodges. That's right. Uh, uh, Ross was um, uh, an intern of mine back in Douglasville for two summers. And then when it came time to plant this church, he became an obvious choice of someone to come and to help us to do this. And, mm-hmm. and so Ross and his uh, new wife, Joanna, mm-hmm. they graduated from Westminster Seminary, California, and uh, the next week moved to Charleston and began mm-hmm. this work with us. And they were here for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they adopted four be- beautiful precious children and life was very very busy and uh, they got a call from their home church in Montgomery mm-hmm. Alabama uh, and uh, moved down there he took up an associate pastor's position there and was able to spread his wings a little bit and has a lot of family down there to help out yeah. and, and just blessing that church down there and uh, we we certainly uh, miss them a lot and and Ross is preaching this week in mm-hmm. the evening service, uh, right. which we're really looking forward to to that. Um, uh, and so yeah, so we were in uh, Moultrie Middle School for mm-hmm. five or so years. We did about halfway through that mm-hmm. kind of shift our evening service over to uh, oh, Saint yeah. Paul's Saint, Lutheran Saint Paul's Church. Church. Uh, what do you remember about our, our time there? So part of the the most unique thing is just recognizing yeah you have pews <laughs> because in a Moultrie we were sitting on either the back uh, essentially foldable um, tables that are used for lunch yeah there were so there were tables that turned into like chair like, yeah exactly. like benches bench mm-hmm. chairs yeah and so you you sit down like oh this is nice you know it's it's padded chairs it's a, a pew and it's a you know, it's it's an older church building, so it has the aesthetic of an older building, and it, it feels like a church. Whereas every so often in Moultrie, what you'll see is that you know it's a middle school, so they're celebrating all sorts of things, oh, so yeah. Valentine's Day, 
<laughs> yeah, so on Valentine's Day, there'd be these like squiggly hearts, you yeah, know, from the like, ceiling. There'd be like a hundred of them, and we'd make jokes about yeah, that, exactly. you know. Or Halloween, <laughs> or yeah. Yeah, so every every holiday, you, you just look up and like, okay, well. I guess Wait, Gabe, I'm remembering the best one was when they did the um, the Lion King uh, oh, yeah, play. Yeah. And so our, our church was decorated like Lion King for like six weeks. Not so exactly. that was really something. <laughs> But um, it, it, so it was a, a nice change in one sense, just to have an evening service in a kind of in an official building, and it it also does speak of just um, God's faithfulness and the fact that in the midst of uh, a lot of kind of moving parts back and forth, and there's always the possibility that you know the school may or may not uh, keep you there, and then there's also the possibility that the um, the uh, Lutheran Church itself may choose different plans. It was still God's faithfulness that we're able to have a rather consistent schedule. Amen. I mean, we've we've been pilgrims. Yeah. Uh, I think anyone in church planting recognizes that. I mm -hmm. spoke to a pastor of an OPC church plant from up north not too long ago. They've been in a middle school for over thirty years, mm -hmm. um, and so we we truly have been blessed. Um, and uh, it's important to also uh, say that after Ross uh, left, we hired Michael Bauer. Mm -hmm. He was a recent graduate of RTS Charlotte. And he and Sarah came here, and uh, he came right before COVID. Oh, yeah. So right. Michael's really his first sort of you know year here. Uh, there were a few months before, but really his first year here was uh, during COVID. The craziness of, yeah. of COVID, and so we're, you know, doing services in my study at home and uh, mm -hmm. putting them on Facebook Live, and everybody's at home uh, yeah. worshiping, and um, that was just really quite a quite a year. Yeah, very much so. But kind of to back up a little bit uh, before that, sure. I think one of the things that I remember was the uh, particularization service that we had, and it was yeah, crowded. Explain, explain what that is to our listeners. That's sure. why we should have mentioned that. That was in 2016, <laughs> three years after we started. So, as a, a church plant, uh, that means that you are considered a mission church, which means that, again, you have a teaching elder and you are uh, recognized within your session. But at that point, you're not particular in the sense that you have ruling elders that are present. The session is kind of provisional. So, for a period of time, uh, Christ Church session consisted of uh, John and Ross, and then various other supporting churches. So I think at one point we had uh, some part of the session was associated with Columbia's uh, church. So, you know, it's it's what you expect from a mission church. You're coming out of something. But once you particularize, you now have your own session. You make your own decisions. And it's one yeah. wonderful thing about Presbyterianism, Presbyterianism mm -hmm. as well is that when we came to plant this church, it mm -hmm. wasn't just Ross and me. Mm-hmm with no authority over us exactly there was uh a a temporary session as mentioned uh, as gabe mentioned uh made up of ruling elders mm -hmm. from parts of columbia south carolina parts of greenville south mm -hmm. carolina and uh second presbyterian church greenville that's right actually mm -hmm. administered all of the giving so all mm -hmm. the giving was sent to them and that mm -hmm. their deacons were taking care of putting it in our bank account and all of that and so there was always this oversight but what happened in a particularization is that we trained uh, two men who would be ruling elders mm -hmm. and then and now we are then we became a church that had 
governance mm-hmm. uh, of a plurality of elders, and we became mm-hmm. a full-fledged PCA church. And my memory of that uh, service was, one, it was just the excitement, in a sense, of realizing that you're now making the next step in your church planning process, because there are many churches, not necessarily that you know, are in the PCA perhaps, but many churches I've been around where you don't make it after three years just because of lack of support. You may not have the lack of financial support. Scandal. And you know, scandal is another big part of it. Or just you don't have enough men who are able and gifted and are going to be ruling elders. And so you essentially either have an overworked teaching elder and then a few people under them, et cetera. So it's it's the next step in the process and where you're seeing a church plant that God appears to be blessing. You now have elders being ordained and then I remember uh, Pastor Rick Phillips coming, David Strang coming and it was wonderful service just to see it begin to come together where you're now next step forward and then this is 2016 i think and that was when in terms of just progressing uh, towards things that's when uh we are now particularized we now have a session of elders we now have therefore the other issues that come with having now your own uh, session you now have more decisions you yourself make rather than having it perhaps shared at other with other ruling elders outside of the church we have uh, now uh, 18 officers, mm-hmm. uh, six, mm-hmm. six elders, uh, 12 deacons. Um, what a blessing the way the Lord has raised up exactly. uh, men to serve uh, in uh, our congregation, godly men, uh, men who love Christ, who love their family, who are, have wonderful marriages. Um, and we're so thankful for mm-hmm. the Lord's provision there because we know that there are lots of churches that struggle with that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the Lord has provided that for our congregation we're so thankful. Um, so, so we're in Moultrie Middle School. We're we're literally looking for a space. We've <laughs> actually had a couple of congreg- congregational meetings during that time mm-hmm. where we've said as a congregation, yes, let's move forward on this particular property or that particular property, mm-hmm. and it and just it didn't work through, out yeah. for what for various reasons. And uh, and then we found uh, the location here at yeah. uh, 486 Wando Park Boulevard. And uh, it, it was a design center, and um, it looked like it had potential. And so we uh, came over and take a look, took a look at it. Uh, we had congregational meeting. We decided mm-hmm. to move forward on leasing the property. And there was, initially, we wanted to purchase it. That didn't work out. So we decided to do a long-term lease on the property and do a massive renovation. And mm-hmm. this is where we've been uh, for the last uh, three years. Exactly. And it's been a wonderful facility for us, hasn't it? has been absolutely wonderful. And then that is when COVID and everything with COVID comes into views. And it's from a you know church member perspective, you have this gorgeous building. And it's the first time again that it's ours, in a sense, it's, it's our building. Yeah, we're not sharing space with anybody at this sharing point. sharing space. Uh, we actually have a nursery <laughs> that's there. Uh, the, the way that we set up and, went and set down, very different with your own facility. And then COVID happens, and now you're in a situation where you have a gorgeous building, but now we are trying to figure out what's the best course of action. And one of the the hardest things to realize is that, and we talked about this a number of times in different podcasts, but you appreciate what the church is, especially when you have a pandemic that keeps you away from each other. Yeah. And so we had numerous times where we have had a 
prayer meetings through Zoom. Uh, we've heard sermons through Zoom. We were all exhausted <laughs> from Zoom, you know, past the side and the congregation side. But the reality is that when you are an actual church, the bonds don't just disappear just because you are temporarily forced to be apart. And so in terms of how the, the, the process went, we have many great prayer meetings together, had sermons, but then eventually this is when your session can make a decision. And one of our decisions was that, you know, it's, it's not right to forsake the gathering of the saints together. And so at the time it was pretty controversial among other churches in our area, but we got to come back and, you know, practice appropriate protocol. And the reality is that that was one of those kind of memories that this is another marker of Christ Church, is that we've gone through a global pandemic together, we stayed together, and we moved forward together with a great leadership from the session. Amen. And what a, what a wonderful thing that is. I mean, you know, we didn't have any any issues uh, mm-hmm. by the grace of God. Uh, there, there, were no, there was no division in the church mm-hmm. and amongst the leadership. And, and what, a th- what, a, what a wonderful thing, you know. Uh, it, the, the pandemic has brought so much division in our culture and mm-hmm. also within, within churches, uh, as is the new kind of cultural ideologies. Mm-hmm. And, and so by the grace of God, um, uh, Christ Church has stood firm, the congregation Amen. has stood firm, leadership has stood firm. And uh, I think it's ultimately because we, we put our eyes on Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, his glory is the most important. And, and gathering together for worship is a non-negotiable. Exactly. You know, the government tried to stop us from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but after we recognized, after I think it was six or eight weeks total, we recognized, okay, this is not good. Mm-hmm. The, the, there are a lot of concerning things about this pandemic, but it's not like they're reporting it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not all going to die if we meet together for worship. And mm-hmm. uh, lo and behold, we, we didn't, didn't die, die. For, <laughs> for getting it. In fact, we lived. We, we, mm-hmm. we lived, and uh, it was the greatest meeting of the week for all of us because everybody else had canceled everything. And mm-hmm. yet, on, on Sunday evenings, when we were allowed to meet in a Lutheran church, we met and mm-hmm. we made it mask optional. And um, we said, you know, it's pretty small space, but yeah. you're invited to stay home and watch, or you can come worship. Well, mm-hmm. the place was packed, you exactly. know, and several families also came to us during that time. But it, was a, it really is, I'm glad you brought that up, Gabe, it was a sweet memory in the life of our, our congregation because it only solidified our unity uh, rather than disrupt it. Uh, so, so this week is our 10-year anniversary, and um, here we are in our, our new facility. Uh, there are... Uh, challenges and obstacles ahead of course um, uh, but we are we are trusting the Lord we are so thankful for all that the Lord has done here and this uh, Sunday we are going to have a marvelous celebration mm-hmm. uh, we're so excited uh, that this this Lord's Day uh, we are going to have a morning celebration service uh, here at the church and then we're as a church going to go over into the old village uh, to a, a venue there and and have uh, lunch together, catered mm-hmm. lunch, and uh, lots of fun things for the kids, some yep, 10th yep. anniversary swag, and <laughs> and then we'll have our evening service over there as well, and, and mm-hmm. Ross Hodges will preach God's Word to us. And uh, and so it's just so thankful, so thankful for the, the leadership of our elders, the leadership of our deacons under the chairmanship of Jake Earl, who, by mm-hmm. the way, during that first that year of uh, of the pandemic, mm-hmm. when, when we were basically renovating this facility, mm-hmm. Jake 
who's retired, sort of came out of retirement, retirement to yeah. give of his time full time and then some to making this uh, what it is. Um, and uh, Kathy Patterson mm -hmm. gave so much of her time and expertise uh, to make this place beautiful with her giftedness in interior design. Uh, Ralph Charles gave so much of mm -hmm. his time meeting with locksmiths and air conditioning uh, yeah. personnel and uh, 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 subcontractors and, and and so those as well as so many others were uh, so involved in that process and um, and we could just bring up so many names of those who have served and I think of Alicia your wife how mm -hmm. she has served in the nursery uh, with such distinction and uh, love uh, loving our covenant children and um, uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, I could keep naming people, so many in the church who have served, but we're so thankful for all that the Lord has done, and great is His faithfulness. Amen. Okay? He, he deserves all, not to us, not, not to, to us, us, but to Him. Name be glory. To His name be all the glory. Um, his steadfast love endures forever, Psalm 115. One, we give him glory, and uh, we hope that if you are listening and you are a, a member of Christ Church or a former member of Christ Church, or or you're in regular attendance with us, you will join us uh, for our celebration uh, on uh, the Lord's Day as we rejoice in God's faithfulness and all He's done at Christ Church Presbyterian. Well, well, that wraps it up for today. Thanks for joining us for Between the Times. Mm -hmm.